Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live Lounge with myself, Dan Bardell, and my colleague, Tom Julian. <laughs> Sorry about the uh, the last show that we did. It was quite depressing. I imagine this evening might not be any better. My spirits certainly haven't really lifted since since the game on Sunday. Tom, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. Um, it's weird for you to call me your colleague, but uh, mm. I mean we were we were colleagues once upon a time. Uh, sure, but but not anymore. It, I, talking about Villa seems like a like a bit of a job, doesn't it? Right now, yeah. Um, it, it's a bit. It's just very sad. Had to think back to to Sunday Sunday afternoon with um, with the Chelsea game and Pulisic just ruining all our afternoons really um, yeah just a just a frustrating time um, we're lucky to have a point I think um, and yeah that that about sums it up David Fletcher already saying your boy's feeling a little more optimistic today oh <laughs> don't be silly Dave. don't don't be silly David. <laughs> Do you remember in previous Villa View iterations when we said that we were just going to enjoy the season, whatever happened, we were just so glad to be back in the Premier League and that we were just going to enjoy it. And I'm pretty sure I relayed a similar message to myself when football went on the enforced break, but I'm not stuck to either of those things very well, to be honest, because I have been kept awake at night worrying about Villa. I think it's hard, isn't it, as a fan to separate yourself from what you think what what your kind of uh, head says is a rational thought, and you know we're we're a promoted team. We had a lot of changes in the summer. With the, the boys don't really know each other. It kind of maybe came a year too early promotion, and then what your heart says: come on, play better. Yeah, oh no, not again, kind of thing. Because that's that's what it feels like, right? You you talk yourself into oh we could get a result here, maybe not even a win, but maybe a draw or a spirited performance. And then you get to the game. And so far, we've started off slowly. I think we talked about it this time last week on on the Luke Live Lounge, that we had to start sharp, that we had to try and catch Sheffield United cold. And uh, I, I thought we played OK, but only because Sheffield United didn't play particularly well. But And then again, I felt like we had a game on 
Chelsea. So we were one game into being used to the empty crowds, uh, one game into being a little bit sharper with match fitness. And they, they ran us ragged. You know, we talked about possession stats far more than I would have liked on Sunday. But they controlled the tempo. They controlled the, the, the way the ball moved. And, and we were just out of it. The more I think about it, the worse it, worse it feels. Yeah, one thing I thought of that we, we didn't touch on on the, on the last show was that when you're spending the entire game without the ball, because you look at both goals and they weren't great, but they, they weren't the usual big Villa mistakes, were they? We did, I wouldn't say we made defensive errors for, for the goals, really, but it's so hard to keep up the concentration for 90 minutes when you haven't got the ball. And mm. we simply didn't have enough of the ball as the home team against what is a very good Chelsea side that... They made us look pretty amateurish with the ball, to be honest, the, the way they popped it around. But you know what I'm saying? Where if you, it's so hard to keep concentration and you playing like that, you are going to concede. It's inevitable. And it was inevitable when they scored two. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There's a few questions coming in. So thank you for those. I can see them popping in and we'll, we'll get to them. We'll make sure that we read out as many as we can. So let's start here with Mings is God um, and, and also Daniel Delaney, both with kind of formation questions for tomorrow's game against Newcastle. Dan. Uh, Mings is God says praying for two up top against Newcastle and uh, Daniel Delaney formation for tomorrow. It's a three five two for me. I have a bad feeling. Um, Dean will stick with four five one. What's your immediate thoughts on on the formation for tomorrow's game and and your general kind of confidence in in picking up a result against Steve Bruce? I was about to say that I'm pretty certain that we won't see a formation change, but then I was remembering this time last week when I was so confident that Rayner was going to be in goal, so I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want to hang my on it too much. But I think if you were going to see a change in formation, you'd have seen it in the Sheffield United game. They'd have been working on what they do with the 4-3-3 or the 4-5-1, as you called it, for the entire off period but since they've been back in training. I don't think they're suddenly just going to sw- switch formation now and I just can't see us going with two up front, which to an extent I half agree with because I don't think many teams play two up front now. If you play, if you play two up front, I think you'd probably have to go three at the back. And I don't remember us looking particularly convincing with three at the back except for the, the Burnley game the first time we tried it. So... I don't think we'll see a change in formation. I think we'll see a change in personnel for sure. I think he's going to have to switch it up. It was interesting just seeing a bit of the Leicester game before we came on that Brendan Rodgers was talking about. He's made three changes just to freshen it up because of the close proximity of the the games. Now, I was all for us keeping the the same team against Chelsea. And to be honest, I don't really think it would have been any different had we made a couple of changes, let's be fair. But Mm. I think we will see a few changes against Newcastle tomorrow night. Yeah, so uh, Chris Coleman, I don't think it's that Chris Coleman, but uh, Chris Coleman, on the back of what you've said there, um, Smith has hinted that there might be changes because of the quick turnaround in games. And then uh, Stacey as well says, if not too up front, we need Jack Grealish in behind the striker. You you mentioned that you think there might be changes tomorrow. Which changes do you see happening? I can see the inevitable Trezeguet for Al Garza. That's a classic. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's like when we change sides on the screen. <laughs> just, 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 just change something. Um, I think McGinn will probably be rested. I think it's a big ask for him to play three games in a week, having not played since mid to end December or whether, wherever it was. He got injured. I can see Drinkwater coming in, if I'm being perfectly honest, if he's fit. I think Dean said he's fit, and there's talk of Gilbert being fit as well. I'd be surprised if we didn't see him at right back, but we we have to change something because we were had no penetration going forward whatsoever. Gilbert, albeit not in the ideal situation, and Trezeguet, 
they at least give you a little bit of pace away from home. We're so one-paced. You look at Newcastle, I don't think they're a great side. I've got to be honest, I think Steve Bruce is punching above his weight with them. I think he's done really well, and I'm surprised how well he's done. But you know what they do have? A little bit of pace that, that frightens teams and pegs them back. We get the ball, and you just know no one's going to get in behind because there's not, not a quick player in in the side. I suppose Samata's relatively quick, but he, to me, seems to be more about dropping deep and linking up, and it's the same with Keenan when he plays, because I don't think he's that lot slow either, but we've got to change something, but I just, I see most of the changes we can make being pr- pretty futile, other than putting Gilbert back in there. Yeah, yeah, and there's a few questions about that forward position, whether it's one or two. Mark Jarobi wants to see Vasilev come on at some point, while still Raw think he shows a lot more determination than Trezeguet has shown. I think Trez is already out the door. Um, there's a few people saying Samata in for Davis potentially. I thought Davis was hard done by on Sunday. He just didn't see the ball at all. Um, and I, I actually think that Davis might have more more, um, more opportunities against a team like Newcastle than, than he yeah. saw on Sunday. Because I, I, I thought he deserved he deserved to keep his place after the Sheffield United game. I mean, let's face it, you're in Germany and, I, and I'm in, in England, but... We're about as close together as Keenan Davis was to the Villa midfield <laughs> on the game on Sunday. There was nowhere near each other, were there? There was absolutely nothing he could do. Keenan was kept having to drop into into his own half to just just get involved in in the game. We would just. I thought for the first sixty seconds when Davis won that foul, I thought, oh right, a bit a bit of intensity here. Hmm. This is good going forward. And then, bar a, a very slight spell at the end of the first half, I just didn't see that at any point and I certainly didn't see it when we went behind and that that was the most disappointing thing to go 2-1 down and then not really create anything of no I mean Hossa screwed one wide didn't he but that's the only thing I really remember yeah. us doing and we, we were behind for about 35 minutes 30 minutes weren't we I, no, I, that's I, not that's not good enough I was texting you as that as that uh, moment happened with Hotter, and I said, it kind of feels like we're 4-0 down. You know, if Hotter scores that, it's 2-all with about know, five minutes yeah. to play. But it but it felt like the longest, uh, like we'd just been battered for 90 minutes, which we had been. But, you know, at that point, we were still technically in, in the game. It felt like such a long afternoon. Yeah, Frank Lampard would have still been worried at 2-1 because he'll have known four well. We haven't finished these off there. And you've watched so many games over the years, mainly involving other teams, or or involving Villa in the lead, where you just think if you don't finish them off, even though that team's done nothing all day, they're, they're probably going to nick one. I th- you could see it was written all over his face in the first half. This was before we scored. They cut to him on the bench at nil-nil. They dominated the game and not scored. And you could tell he was concerned. And then, lo and behold, a few minutes later, we, we dig one into the into the back of the net with Courtney Hawes. We just we just didn't ever look like scoring though. We didn't ever even look like stringing a few passes together and being able to create a chance. And it's worrying and it's very disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. One man that, uh, well, you mentioned Drinkwater, but another guy that's in contention this week um, is Gilbert. Uh, Green Green Ronin says Gilbert uh, will make a difference, in my opinion. Do you think he's he's in contention to start or maybe just a place on the bench? I think if he's fit, I think he has to play. Playing a team like Newcastle is very different to playing a team like Chelsea. There's there's merits defensively to having Conser in there, I think, against a team like Chelsea. In a game that we absolutely need to win against what I would describe as a run-of-a-mill side, although I've said that they're doing very well at the moment, they'll probably be quite high on confidence. You have to play the team that's going to cause the most problems going the other way. For me, we look like we're going to concede goals anyway, so you pick your most attacking 
right back and, and have a go and try try and win the game. We weren't winning much when we were playing adventurously in Dean Smith's defence, but we looked a bit more solid against Sheffield United and to an extent Chelsea as well. But Chelsea we just didn't look like we were going to score and passed an hour against Sheffield United the same. Mm. So that's a long time without looking like you're going to score a goal across two games, isn't it? It very much is. Uh, yes, we. Um, I've seen a couple of people commenting um, about Louis Barry. Uh, Edward Adams says Barry has to be on the bench. Uh, similar to the Vasilev situation, these guys are completely unproven at, at Premier League level. Do you think it's worth a roll of the dice to see these guys and, and just see what they can do at this point? Or do you think it's still too early? I'd suggest that he might as well be on there. And I'm going to be picking on Borja Baston again, but Borja Baston is not going to be at Aston Villa next season. Villa are losing a game 2-1 and they don't bring Borja Baston on. What's the point of him being on the bench? I mean, yeah. there's literally no point in being there. You might as well have me or you on the bench because we wouldn't get on either. It's just, wow. it's just, filling, it's just filling up a space that, that you could be utilised elsewhere. Louis, Louis Barry is very, very highly rated. From what I've seen in the age groups below at Villa and with England, he pretty much scores every time he plays. I mean, there's not much to lose by having him on the bench, to be fair. Even at his age, if you've been at Barcelona, there's obviously something very, very good about you. And as I say, Borja Baston is not going to be there next season. Borja Baston is not going to get on the pitch at any point if he's not getting on the point, on the pitch when we're losing 2-1 and we haven't made all our subs. Throw him in there for me. I've been to Barcelona. Does that get me closer to the bench? No, oh, absolutely not. Right, fine. Although so, you are at... Are, you are a good footballer, I give you. Sure. You're not a, goal, not a striker, not a striker though. No chance. No, no. It's it's it's, it's pretty crowded in the positions that, that I I want to I want to play in there. So uh, never mind, never mind. If you are just joining us, welcome to the Luke Live Lounge uh, in association with Luke 1977. Um, thank you for joining us. Make sure you get your comments in, and we'll read as many as we can. And also, while you're here, if you're looking for new clobber um, and you you want to buy something out of the Luke range, um, we have a discount code, which hopefully will come on the screen just now. Uh, there, there it is. Go. So 20% off almost everything. Um, use the code TVV20. That will get you a nice 20% off. We say almost everything. The only thing that isn't included is the Dapper Villain range. Uh, and that's because 30% of proceeds uh, go towards the University Birmingham Hospitals Trust. Anyway, so a great cause. So if you are looking to to, to buy some buy yourself um, happy essentially uh, then then make sure you use TVV20 um, and, and support Luke he supports us and we very much appreciate it um, Dan one one other questions nice try Chris Coleman tells me I'm not sure why I don't I don't know what I've done um, nice I'm trying part. my best nice try you usually I, notice when I've done something wrong so uh, I haven't I haven't I haven't noticed it thus far so I think you've okay. been okay a solid seven out of ten time early doors thanks very much that's pretty much the the peak isn't it it's only down yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. you're not gonna get you're not gonna get higher than that a couple of couple of people asking about Oyen or oh no there there it fell apart about Neeland Here he is. Here he is. <laughs> in, in goal what do you think about about Neeland after two games back so far uh not quite as confident as he was when he was playing in the League Cup run before the COVID break. He had that one in against Chelsea, didn't he, where he, he spilled it a, a little bit and you you were worried your heart was in the mouth yeah. for, for yeah. a second. But I think he does a lot of things very well. And for me, I'd, I'd keep him in goal. If Jed Steers 
not fit enough to be on the bench at the moment, then I'd keep Nealand in goal over Rainer still. That that's just my just my opinion. And it comes down to at the moment, I don't think we even know do we correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure someone will in the comments, but has Rainer even extended his loan beyond the end of the month at the moment? It's a good question. That that could be one of the reasons why he's not in the team at the moment, because we don't know that he's 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 gonna be here. But it comes down again to next season, Rainer will not be the goalkeeper for Aston Villa. There's a chance Nayland will, but keep Nayland in there. I think he's a good goalkeeper. Edward Adams says, God, I miss Heaton. <laughs> it feels like yeah. forever ago that Tom Heaton played for us. Yeah, and that comes down to him being the only bit of experience we bought all summer and he's going to have ended up missing half the season. It's, it's just typical Villa, isn't it? But he's he's had a couple of injuries over his career, but then his backup has had a few injuries as well in Jed Steers, so he ends up getting injured as well. Heaton would be pivotal to have at this point, just that bit of know-how and leadership. Tom's getting told off by someone, I think. My my son is screaming in his bed in like a really happy way. Like sometimes he just kind of sings to himself or okay. screams okay. and I can just hear him going, oh, Ooh. <laughs> oh no. Maybe, maybe, he's, maybe he's watching the show. Yeah, maybe he's watching re- replays but, of Sunday's game. But if, he, if he's if he's happy, there's no chance he's a Villa fan yet. Absolutely yeah, that's, no chance. That's true. I mean, he's he's lived a, a very blessed uh, Villa life so far. You know, he came into the world first game. Uh, we beat Birmingham, and then um, then we went up that year. Then we got to the League Cup final. You know, he hasn't he hasn't known heartache. I'm not sure he'll feel it too much at the end of June either way. Anyway, but. Um, you know, he's he's so far been our good luck charm, and if we if we stay up, I put it down to him as well. Jeez, if this is good luck, Tom, I'd like to say bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, just just for clarity, um, Chris Coleman, not the not the Wales manager, said that my my attempts to try and get in the Villa team or at least the squad by saying uh, I've been to Barcelona, nice try, hasn't happened yet. Um, so, and Stacey makes a good point about the the kind of uh, if we're going to put Barry in instead of. Um, instead of Baston, should Jed Steer be on the bench instead of instead of Rayner? Or is, do you think it's an injury reason that he's not? I think it probably comes down to his conditioning at this point of time. If you think about Jed Steer, really, he hasn't played football for a year. I know he had a couple of League Cup games and, and one half against Wolves or 20 minutes or whatever it was, but he hasn't played football for a very long time, consistently Jed Steer. So I think it comes down to conditioning. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk, uh, let's have a serious conversation about the management structure at the, at the moment because there's been a lot of comments and more so than ever, I, I would say, about whether Dean Smith is fit to carry on, whether John Terry um, is the right man to be number two, what exactly his role is. And obviously, uh, Jesus Suso Patach, what exactly he's done with the team and, and how much of the blame is on him. Where do you, where do you kind of, I guess, rank them? Or, or, or a portion blame for what a lacklustre kind of start we've had and, and the kind of transfer policy as a whole? My personal point of view, and there'll probably be things that I don't know, there'll be things that I do know, and but I think their coaching team has been let down. That's that's my opinion. I spoke to Dolan on the phone yesterday. I was going to nick his points that he made to me, but I'm going to give him give him the credit. Mm. Suso, his first signing was Kalinic. And we couldn't get him out the door quick enough. And did we really need him? So that wasn't a, wasn't a great start. And we then went into the season with three strikers who hadn't scored a Premier League goal, two of them which couldn't get in our team in, in the Championship. So really alarm bells 
should should have been ringing at either of those points, shouldn't they? I just think Dean Smith and his coaching staff have have been completely let down. I think in history of football, if you give managers players that aren't necessarily their number one choice, it doesn't tend to go very well. And I think I understand the uh, the remit that we had to some extent. I can see why we did what we did, but. I'm going to be picking on a Cambria and I don't want to because he gives his best and I don't want to criticise someone who gives their absolute best. And in his first few games, I thought, oh, he, he looks like he could be a, be a player there. Yeah. But you t- you're telling me that if we'd have not spent that money on the Cambria and we'd have had, just let's say we kept Glenn Whelan and Yedinak, would they have been any worse? I'm, I'm not saying that, that I'm, I'm not saying either way, but would they have been any worse? And then you could utilise that money elsewhere. It was clear we were short on strikers going going into the season. It was it was clear as day as it was the season before when we had no centre backs. And then lo and behold, Wesley, Wesley gets injured and it takes some time to get another striker in. Davis is on the treatment table and Codger's just a complete waste of time as as I knew he would be because he to me he was pretty much a waste of time the season before. So we've given ourselves too too much to do. I don't think the squad's strong enough and I don't think you can level that blame at the manager or the, or the coaching staff. I think that comes down to the appointment of Sue. So I spoke the other day of, if in January you need a striker, and yes, I know we were let down at the very, very last hour and we had to delve into Suso's contact book and get Borja Basta. What's the point? He can't get on He can't get on the pitch when we're losing the game. So what was the point of that? Just have a youngster on the bench. Again, is Vasilev going to be any worse than, than Borja Baston's going to be? Because there's clearly no trust to, to put him on. So don't have him there. It, it's pointless. I just think we didn't do enough enough good business. And I, I kind of agreed with the remit at the time because Perslow said, we're signing these players that will all go up in value. And I'm not convinced many of them have. Gilbert perhaps has gone up in value. I'd, I'd say Douglas Louise has probably gone up in, in value a little bit. If any of the others gone up in value? I'm discounting people who were there last season, like Tyrone Mings and, and Courtney Hawes, because... I think you signed the people that were there last season. That that makes sense from continuity purposes. And Tyrone Mings is obviously a big part of Aston Villa. But if we if we were to sell every player that we bought in the summer and January now, I don't think we'd make any money, excluding Mings. Yeah, I, I think we'd lose money. It's it's a it's a really uh, it's a horrible situation. I'm just reading David Fletcher. Uh, completely agree, Dan. Coaching staff let down because of that. I don't think it would be right to sack Smith. Neil Gilder, uh, Dean Smith will be with us if we go down. I think hit the, the game. I missed this one, but I think he's he's saying Suso out. I was just I went back and and when when we signed Suso, I just wanted to have a look at what people were thinking, and um, I was reading some of the comments from. Um, uh, I think Sky Sports did a write-up or um, or something, and and they were going through Suso's uh, career so far, and he, he's won the Champions League, the UEFA Cup. He worked with Rafa Benitez at Valencia, like credited with with being maybe not mastermind is a bit too strong, but bringing top quality players in top quality teams. Atletico Madrid, another one. Where's it gone wrong in this kind of triway factor? Plan with with the with Perslow and then Suso and Smith. That that was all quite clearly, I think, explained to the fans that there would be it would be um, everybody working together, singing off the same song sheet, and that just doesn't seem to have happened at all. 
the thing is, we're never going to know really what what Smith thinks. I don't dispute that he was involved in all the signings. I'm I'm sure he was, but they will not have been his pick. We know that he wanted Ben Rama from Brentford. Someone decided that Malpay was too expensive. I don't know who that was. I don't know whether Smith was involved in that decision. I, pre- I presume he was, but we spent twenty five million, and I've defended Wesley obviously at times. We spent twenty five million on a striker that's never played in England before. Belgium's the highest league he's he's played in. Twenty five million was a hell of a lot of money. I watched Malpay a, a bit on um, I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday. I think it was Saturday against Brighton. He just set the tone. He works so hard, and he's he's a nasty little bugger. And you just kind of think. That's what we don't have. We haven't got any nasty little players in our team. You watch Malpan, every team he plays against will hate him, be booing him because he's irritating, a bit like Bellamy used to be. I used to, quite Bellamy used to do my head in, but if he'd have played for Villa, I'd have, I'd have absolutely loved him. Yeah. Because that's what that's what you want to see. And we're missing something like that. And Malpay hasn't scored loads of goals in his defence, but Malpay has played Dean Smith's brand of football before. I haven't seen Dean Smith's brand of football for months because I don't think he's got the players capable of playing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Joseph Payton, I seem to remember Perslow making the point we came up a season too early. If we inevitably do go down, there could be um, a decent championship side there. Granted, there will be a few departures. To me, uh, I, I mean, we've just played a season in the Premier League. We shouldn't have a decent championship side. We should either have a, have a championship winning side or or a team that's good enough to play in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? Like, It feels like we've had long enough to at least have some semblance of a of a team performance. Yeah, I get that you could argue that we went up a season early. That's that, that's probably fair. There's no way in January we would have been properly planning to be in the Premier League. There's just no way. Mm. Is there? Because we came on the Villa View numerous times and we're saying, it's done, it's over, let's just get to the end of, end of the season. There's going to be a big clear out. We're going to lose our best players. Let's just see what happens. But... If it's a season too early, then you don't go and spend 140 million on a load of players, in my opinion. If you think it's a season early, you maybe do what Norwich did and you go with the spine of what you had in the last season and you keep the finances a, a little bit tighter and don't spend much money. Do you, do you get what I mean? Norwich just went for the continuity factor. They didn't spend really any money at all and they'll go down and they'll have a load of money in the bank. We're going to go down and we've spent 140 million pounds and I've Obviously, I think we'll go down and we'll sell players and we'll probably make, if we go down, we'd probably make around 300 million off the top of my head from McGinn. Green, that, that 300 sounds a lot now, I've just said it. We'll make a fair fair few bob from McGinn, Mings and Grealish, obviously, going maybe near 200 million. That's what I meant. But I just, I don't, I'm not sure I'd buy the season too early because I don't think you spend 140 million if you think it's too early. From from your point of view, you know, we if we go down, we're definitely going to lose those three. If we stay up, do you think we keep two of those three? One of those three? None? If my life was on the line, gun to my head, I'd probably say not at this moment in time because I don't think we've shown this season and in the summer that we're heading in the right direction to the big players. I just, I don't believe that, that we've done that. And it pains me to say, I don't want to say, it. I don't like, I don't like coming on the Villa View and being negative. I always try and be positive and I have done so for years, but Jack, who I'm sure we'll talk about, it's inevitable. People don't like it, but it's inevitable. He will not be here next season. No way, no how. I feel a little bit like, like there's a lot of stuff coming up about Mings today, coming out in the press about Mings. 
I look at it and I think about the agency that he's joined recently. He's becoming like this big figurehead, isn't he? Tyrone Mings is almost becoming a brand on his own. And if there's interest in him from big clubs, I think he'll I think he'll want to go and, and prove himself and keep himself in the in the England squad. Maybe a chance of keeping him if you stay up. But if um, you go down, he's gone. Albeit you might might profit on him. Do you want to say I just, I, Adam Wright is trying to keep us honest here. You're talking like we're already down. Far from dead no, no. yet. Tomorrow night is massive, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree with him. And I'll come on if we win tomorrow. I'll pr- definitely come on in a better frame of mind, won't I? I'll be a lot, I'll be a lot happier coming on coming on the show when we, when we've won a game. I'm just at the moment talking how I, how I see things, whether we stay up or, we, or whether we go down. I think you could. You think if you stay up, you've got a chance of keeping McGinn. He's got a big contract. That's the only good thing. All three of those are on big contracts in terms of years that they've got left. I think you probably offer McGinn the captaincy of the other two have gone, and I think maybe he gives you another year. But it's just so 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 tough at the moment. Because if I'm being honest, I want to believe that we can stay up, but I look at our fixtures and I just think I look at them and they depress me because I think I can't see us winning as many games as we need to to stay up. And again, that's just me being honest. Yeah. Look at them. Yeah, I mean, so can the... you can can you looking at that? Um, no, it it you know you've got tomorrow against Newcastle is a it's a is a big big game. The Palace game, the Everton game, and West Ham are the ones that we should be looking at and going like as a if we if we're a proper Premier League team that's just come up, we should be looking at those games and going we should get a result there. Manchester United are beatable. Arsenal are beatable. Liverpool are. I mean, might be might be champions by that point already. So yeah, yeah. Um, maybe maybe we get an easy game there. Uh, listen, I've just talked myself into eighteen points. No problem. Oh, I don't tell. Uh, no, but but you, yeah, I, I think I think it's it's fine to look at the ones that you should win. All of those teams will look at Villa and go, "We should win that." You know that exactly, that works exactly. both ways. You say an Arsenal's a winnable game. The game we had in September against some of the Emirates, where they had ten men for most of the day, and we were two one up. That was. That was a winnable game, but but we didn't do it. And you know, we'll play Arsenal, and they'll suddenly look, look, look like world beaters. Be, be keeping the ball like Chelsea did the, the other day. Games like Palace are the ones that you, you look at. And you need to win, but Palace are no mugs. Yeah, there's not. I don't. I think on paper, there's not much in it between us and Palace, really. But you know what? They can defend and they win. They win games by the odd goal. We lose games by the odd goal, and that that is the difference. I don't think there's much between. Those two, those two teams—they're not—they're not full of goals, are they? Crystal, Crystal no. Palace. I mean, Benteke hasn't scored since he was playing for Villa, I don't think. But he has—he he barely scores nowadays. Benteke, Ayu's probably their top scorer, and he's probably got eight or nine, and that's a complete guess. Mm. But they know how to win games, and they've got that, that solidarity at the back. Gary Cahill is a humongous signing for them on a free transfer. It's a no-brainer for Villa in the summer, and we didn't do. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Adam, can we get those? Can we get those fixtures up again? I'd just like to have a look at West Ham's because I think they're the ones, and Bournemouth's as well. I mean, I would say that the Bournemouth schedule is is still tricky. There's a few tricky games in there, um, and the West Ham one as well. You know, the likes of Spurs, Chelsea um, coming up immediately, uh, and it kind of eases off maybe a little bit if if uh, if I'm being kind. But you know they've still got to go and win their games as well. I, I sound a yeah. bit like Kevin Keegan there. They've got to go there and win it. Um, but but we need to pick up. I, I think it starts at home. I, I felt like all season Villa fans have been been saying, "Oh yeah, we didn't, 
didn't win that one, but as long as we win that one, it's fine. And, you know, we're still only a point off because other teams are dropping off. That's just not the way I want to be a fan. I don't want to rely on other teams to keep dropping points. I want us to take charge of our own destiny. You know, it still is in our own hands. We're, we're a couple of points off, off 16th um, and, and a big couple of results will take us out of there. But I, I don't, I don't want us to keep looking at the table and looking at the fixtures and go, ah, oh, thank God Bournemouth lost again. Thank God West yeah. Ham lost it. Let's win again. Let's take our chances. I read today, you know, Villa, this, this weekend just gone was the fifth time Villa have scored first and lost the game. You know, th- what? So uh, we've got John Terry, who should be this kind of mastermind at the back. Dean Smith's a defensive-minded coach. We've got experience in uh, the back with, with Mings. What are we doing that we we can get the odd goal out of out of a complete um, miracle, and and yet we can't hold on to those leads or we can't control the ball? What do we do again? Again, though, no, the def- the defence and. I love Mings and obviously we should have signed him. Obviously, he's our best defender, but many Premier League games between between the back line end up playing in terms of experience. And I think you need a little bit of experience in in the defence. I still, I'm not saying it would have made a huge difference, but I still cannot believe we let Chester go because he's at least got some Premier League experience. At the time he went, I think he was a better option than many of the centre backs that, that were that were at the club at the time. I, w- I would have given him a shot and put him in. We played against Fulham in the FA Cup, and he was our best defender. So I think that that was a mistake. We lack experience back there, so we lack the experience of being in the situation that that we're in, and we lack the the experience of being in the situation we've been in in games, and we get found out, and that has happened as a constant all season. Alan Ford says 11th or 12th will see us safe. Alan, if we finish 11th or 12th, I will dedicate... I think he means 11 points, isn't he, surely? Uh, Yeah, I mean, either are as as unlikely right now. I was going to say, if we finish 12th, I will really dedicate myself to this man bun that uh, that I'm about to start creating. Um, If if we get to the last game of the season, playing West Ham, and winning that game gives us a, a shot of staying up. I would absolutely bite your arm off for that at this time. Absolutely bite your arm off. And at the end of the day, we obviously say doing the show as Villa fans. There could be fans of any club down the bottom doing 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 an iteration of this, a podcast like this, and they would all be fearful thinking their team's going to go down. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Jarobi says it's going to come down to the last game of the season and we're all going to lose some hair. Ha, ha, ha. I won't be laughing on the last game of the season, I'll tell you that. Can you imagine coming after that and doing a post-match pint and we've we've lost it? I'm, I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. I'm not doing it. I'm not sure. I'm not doing happen. it. I don't, I don't really want people to see a grown man cry live no. on air, to be honest. No, I don't fancy that. It's fair. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be tough. You you said you wanted to to speak on, on Jack a little bit more. Is You know, you talked about him. There's no way he stays... Um, we, we talked about this several times, I think, in, before when we were together. That Jack is Jack is too good for this team right now, and and the career opportunities that he has if he moves away um, far outweigh that kind of boyhood love that that might might have kept him here or, or has kept him here, maybe even in the last couple of years. Yeah, we we dodged a bullet when he he could have gone to Spurs a few few years ago. If they hadn't messed around, we 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 wouldn't have him here now. Let, let's face it, and I know how close he came to joining Spurs. So following on from that, we're very lucky to have him, and he has dragged us up 
to the Premier League and he's done his best to keep our heads above water in, in the Premier League this season. In my opinion, he's our most productive player. He's by far our most dangerous player. And I'll be as upset as anyone if and when Jack Grealish goes. It will really, really upset me. But I think I genuinely think there'll be people that if we stayed up that would be surprised if, if he left. I can't understand why you would be surprised. I know he's a Villa fan. He undoubtedly loves the club. I know he does. He loves the club with all his heart, as, as do his family. But he is a Champions League player in the here and now, as, as I've said in, in other podcasts. He cannot be languishing in the bottom of the, the league with Villa, where, where we are. And I said in other things that we, we lost him last summer when we our transfer policy, we, we didn't get that right. And I, I believe that because had we shown a bit of a bit of purpose and that we might be heading in the right direction and that every year there was going to be a year upon year of improvement, I can take being in a, in a relegation battle. Most people expected that. I remember loads of people saying to me, if we finish 17th, it's, it's a great season at the time. I didn't really buy into that. Now, obviously, I'd be delighted with, with 17th, but I don't think we've shown enough to convince him that we're heading in the right direction. We've talked already in this podcast about some of the decisions that have been made. Are we a football club that makes good decisions over the years? We haven't been, and he's going to have options all over the place. And as I say, he's a Champions League player. He's watched players that he is better than play for England over the last few seasons. And the reason that's happened is because he's, he's playing for us, in my opinion. If he's playing for a top team, he's already got multiple England caps. And I don't think he'll want to take the risk, nor do I think he, sh- he should take the risk for his, for his career, if I'm being honest. And it hurts me to say that as a Villa fan. Maybe I've just become accustomed to losing our best players over the years because it's happened too many times, probably since about 1998. But it's just, just the way it is. I do not think we've done enough to convince him that we're going in the right direction and someone will get one of the one of the best players in England in the summer. What do you think his price is worth if we if if we stay up and if we go down like how how much do you think that affects his price? Just using the example of Man U spent 80 million, 80 million on Harry Maguire. I think it's north of that. I think you're getting we'll big get money. I think you're getting big money. If you go down you're leaving yourself in a bit of trouble aren't you? I, yeah. I would suggest he's going to be there for the taking more than he will be if we if if we stay up. But I think you'll get north of eighty million for Jack Grealish. But how then would you trust us to reinvest it? I can't. I can't even see us doing that. I feel like when um, like Harry Maguire left um, at, at, at a time where where he was doing really well and his and, and for both the club was doing well and. And he was playing brilliantly himself. Jack, whilst he's played unbelievably and dragged us through some games, maybe he hasn't got the wins. I feel like Villa are ripe for picking at the moment. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. even that even that lack of confidence that we're seeing on the pitch kind of transfers potentially to the to the whole club. I just feel like we are we, we're open bare, and I, I fear that we may lose a couple of our stars even at even at knockdown prices. I'd love to know what the owners think at, at this point. Like Wes Edens, you look at what he's done for the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA and he has completely, not on his own, but he has completely tur- turned them around. You like your American sports, you'll, you'll know this. They're one of the, the prime franchises now. They're one of the, the big boys that are seen as heading in the right direction and uh, are going are gonna to tr- win the playoffs or at least their conference at some point because they've done so, so well. These got owners are winners. And I would be shocked if they don't feel completely let down by what's transpired this season and what has happened to their money in the summer. I'd be shocked if they're happy with that. 
And I think yeah. serious questions will be asked in the summer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's it's going to be a horrible slash fascinating summer at Villa Park. One of those that you wish, or maybe you don't wish, that you were a fly on the wall and you could you could see those conversations happening. Because I agree with you. You know, the, the Eden Eden um, Suarez combination is not they're not here for a nice time. You know, they're they're businessmen. They're they're passionate about sport, sure, but they they're not here to just chuck their money in and and see what happens. Um, and and like you say, the the Eden's link, you know, Milwaukee, uh, obviously the draft is a slightly different system, but they've also invested a lot in the kind of, um, in the club itself, you know, innovating technology, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it's a passion project for, for Eden's, but he, he puts a lot into it. And I'm, I'd love to see that happen at Villa, but I think that also depends on you being in the top league. And um, if, if, if it all falls apart and, and we do go down, then yeah, like you say, just serious questions it's going to be it's going to be tr- tricky but let's let's move back to to the Newcastle game for the last kind of five minutes or so and what are the reasons to be positive for tomorrow night like where where are we going to win this game how how is Dean Smith gonna gonna create a, a winning formula the million dollar question isn't it of why are we going to win this game um I don't think Newcastle are great I know, I know they won against Sheffield United, but I genuinely don't think that they're a great side. They're safe now, aren't they? That win is... I mean, they were pretty much safe anyway, but that win is guaranteed. Safety, maybe they take their foot off the pedal a little bit, although Steve Bruce is going to want to beat Villa. Let's let's be honest about it. Steve Bruce is going to want to turn his old club over. Um, he ain't got a great record against Dean Smith. They're one of the few sides that we've beaten this season, and we beat them with relative ease. At Villa Park in the in the in the two 0 win, I think it was December or November yep. Yep. that we played them. So we've beaten them, so we know that we can beat them. I don't think we can be any more passive or worse than we were at the weekend. So that's that's a positive. It is must win. He is must win for Villa. Oh, there, there is no way we can not win that game. We are in serious serious trouble. I don't care if the results go our way. We need a win because I, I worry for us against Wolves at the weekend. That that's a horrible game. They're absolutely firing on all cylinders. I, I can see Wolves sneaking the top four. They're not going to. They're not going to mess around. They'd, they'd love to beat us at the weekend, and they're a very good team. Look at they're frightening actually. Wolves at yeah. times. So we absolutely don't mess around. We have to win this game tomorrow night. If we don't, I worry for us. I'm, I'm worried about the club in general anyway, but I worry for us if we don't win tomorrow night. Chris Coleman got a lot of pop on this show tonight. Uh, we beat Newcastle. Just a feeling in my stomach. Um, yeah, I mean, Villa are looking to complete the Premier League double over Newcastle for the first time since 2004-2005 season. Um, but on the other side of that, Newcastle have gone 11 games, 11 home games without defeat against Villa uh, oh. in all competitions. So, you know, I mean, what 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 does home mean without the fans? I, I, I don't know whether that changes things at all, but, you know, <laughs> there's two stats there that, that kind of lift you with hope and then drag you, drag you back down. Then, then you remember the current circumstances, don't you? Yeah. I did have a, I did have what I thought was a good point to make, but it's completely gone up, popped out of my head. While you think about that, Rich Burt whistle, it's a must win. Jack must play centrally and let's go with two up top. Really going for it there. We, we, um, we, won't, we won't play two up front. Well, it'd be nice to see Jack back in the, at least on the left rather than on the right. And uh, centrally would be yeah. delicious. I couldn't believe that people were having a go at Jack 
on social media at the, at the weekend. He virtually was playing right back in the first half. And when your team has so little of the ball, it's nothing to do with, with not caring, heart not being in it, that some people were strangely levelling at him. Just didn't get the ball. Yeah. What's, what's, what's he going to do? I don't know what people expect from him. The only another positive that I can think of, and I'm really having to dig deep to pull, pull these positives out, is... Sorry, sorry, just to interrupt you. Okay. What, we've got the graphic just, up here. How did we get 45% possession on on Sunday? I don't that's think that's right. That's not right. I'm telling you now, that's 100% right. I'd be surprised if it was 25% possession. Yeah. It, yeah. Felt, it, felt, it felt like 5% possession at time. I think Adam's had one there. I think he's got that wrong. <laughs> Adam's trying not, to lift the mood. He's, he's, yeah, uh, he's the graphic. You can't just lie, though. But you can't just lie to try and make people feel better. My point was, and I'm in danger of forgetting it again because you interrupted me, was recently, or not even recently, but two times I can remember thinking we absolutely have to win today, no excuses, was Burnley away and Watford at home, and we won. So I have that feeling again that we absolutely have to win. Well, let's let's hope that's right. Let's let's um, let's close the close this chat on that. But we do have some some more uh, more news, hopefully to to lift a fan spirits as well. Um, so we we are in association with Luke nineteen seventy seven. As I said, you can use our our discount code TVV twenty for almost all items uh, at at Luke nineteen seventy seven. Um, so make sure you do that if you're getting yourself some new gear. Um, but every week we are giving away. Um, a part of the uh, a part of the collection, the uh, Dapper Villains collection. Um, so last week we gave away the Big Slim Ron, which was uh, sorry, Adam. Can we go back to Dan because I think Dan's modelling it quite beautifully there. Let me tell you, so that's Big, big Ron is slim because this is medium, <laughs> and I tell you what, I am struggling there. So that that was what we were giving away, not that worn one because that would decrease the value a lot, especially after today. You wouldn't want it right now, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so uh, the competition was on on Instagram, um, and Dan, we picked a winner. Um, it was at Jesh Marshall. Um, I remembered. I'd have got that name wrong because I didn't write that. <laughs> I um, thought it was Jesh Jesh Fletcher in my head. I would have said so. That would have been wrong. I mean, I've risen to an eight out of ten. I would say. Um, so, <laughs> so Jesh Marshall, uh, we'll be in contact with you to make sure you get your gear um, well done. And this week, I think you saw a sneak peek of it just a minute ago. It's the It Must Be. Uh, so I think it comes in three different colours, but it's a really smart looking polo shirt from from Luke nineteen seventy seven. Um, so this is this is what we're giving away this week, Dan. And we're going to do a Twitter competition. Is that right? Yeah, mix it up a little bit. Gave Instagram some love last week. Let's give Twitter some love. Let's try, let's try and change around for Villa purposes. We haven't won since we've been running an Instagram competition. So well, you've got to change it a bit, haven't you? Do a Twitter one, see if that brings us a change of fortune. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is we'll send a tweet out about it after the show. Um, if you can retweet it, make sure you're following the Villa View and Luke1977 as well. Um, to be in with a chance of winning and like this week we'll draw it on the show next week um yeah there's three different colors to choose from and it's a it's a really smart looking bit of gear the the dapper villain range down um something that that obviously i need because you always comment on my fashion sense but uh no it's it's good to be associated with luke groper and and he's making some some blinding bits of kit yeah he's going to come on in the next couple of weeks isn't he and and have a chat hopefully in, in more positive positive circumstances i think a, a club partner coming on tonight might have been quite difficult 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so the competition will go live after this show. You have a week to, to make sure you retweet it. Um, and I think that's about it, unless you wanted to mention anything else, Dan, before we go. Obviously, just that we've got our show tomorrow, the Purity post-match point. So we'll be, we'll be coming on air straight after the game or as close to the end of the game as we can. And we absolutely have to be talking about three points to Villa because I don't think I can take another, uh, another post-match show like we did the other night. That's it. We'll have we'll have another competition tomorrow as well. So make sure you join us for the Purity post-match pint. Win or lose, we'll have a drink. We'll discuss the game. Um, and like Dan says, hopefully we're talking about a win tomorrow. So thank you so much for joining us. We massively appreciate it. Appreciate all your comments as well. Um, make sure make sure you you share, you like, you subscribe to the channel as well. Um, and and we'll hopefully see you tomorrow night. So last thing said. Up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.